Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience with your hosts, Daniel Ferugia and Ashley Drew. Now, go and put your shoes on, put your headphones in, and let's go for a run. G'day Trail Runners, welcome to the Trail Runners Experience. I'm Daniel and I'm sitting here with Ashley Drew. How are you going, mate? I'm going well. Um, yep, very good. I, as a, Daniel and I have already been talking this morning, so this is kind of you know, a bit of a rehash. But yeah. for this, this morning, for everyone out there, for eight weeks I've been really ill and uh, cancer's just been kicking me a little bit. And this morning I actually felt like a runner again. So it's a it's a special day. Yeah, that's good, man. No, and you um got your got your running legs back, and you recovered from black hall. I dare say. I wouldn't say that I'm recovered from black hall yet. On, on the mend. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. Um. No, you definitely would be on the mend though. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So I'm um as you know I ran over the weekend and I I competed. Um, in my fifth attempt at the Heisen 105, which is here in South Australia, and it is with my fifth attempt and my third finish, so I've DNF'd it twice. Uh, the first time I DNF'd it back in 2013, and then I DNF'd again a couple of years later, um, mostly through just sheer inexperience and not really knowing enough you know but um the, not knowing enough about the course just not to, knowing enough about or not knowing enough enough about ultra running not knowing enough about yourself like all of the can above you, can you tease that out for us yeah all of the above uh, the first year was manif- massively green behind the ears and it was a, it happened to be a very hot year as well it was the the race was only a couple of years old at that point and i remember i ran out of water um in in 2013 I ran out of water going oh, around the halfway point which is a really tough section because you you're alone for 22 kilometers um, and then um, but yeah so ever since then I'm a lot more onto it with um, with what I'm going to like I'm, I'm onto it more with just everything I've learned a lot more about running about the course and about pacing and so yeah so this year was um was was it was a good run for me it wasn't perfect but i don't think there'll ever be a perfect race but i'm very pleased with my my time and i so i thought i might take you through it a little bit and if i know that if, some if, we're, if 10 is perfect what would you give it i'd give zero, it zero to ten so 10 perfect zero would zero be a dnf yeah i'd go with a dnf i'd probably call zero a dns Start. Okay. So let's go with it. Alright, well what's a DNF then? Like a one or a two? DNF, well it depends how far you get in the race, I reckon. Mm, that's a good you can point. judge that one for yourself, but I definitely think it did not start would be a zero because you didn't even start. Yeah. So, so, I, so let's go with tens tens awesome. Made it to the start line. So I guess I and I had a good time, got a PB, I would call it an eight. I, you an know, eight. Oh, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, I said eighty percent. Eighty percent correct in a hundred k race is a bloody mm. good race. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, basically, I 
I, I jumped in, like it was, conditions were, were pretty much perfect. So two days before, on the Thursday, the weather was really hot. It was like 37, 38 degrees here. And you know, you sort of thought if it was gonna be like that, they would have cooled the race off. And then thankfully it cooled down on Friday. It went from 38 down to about 15 degrees. Like it was crazy and it was raining and windy. And, um, and so didn't really want that either. Too cold, too wet. But then, um, so the, oh, the morning of the race, it was cool, but clear. And the, there was, it was a bit breezy at the start line. And, um, but you really, I'd rather be a little bit on the cold side at the start line. And, um, and which is, you know, so it was perfect. At no point did I think I'm too hot. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so yeah, really lucky in that regard. And so yeah, took off with the crew. And so this is a lot of people who are listening, um, who are local, who live in the South Australia area and know the race. You know, this will echo a lot. So we've had a bit of rain here. So things were very green. And so the whole course looked beautiful um, this year. Oh, awesome. And so lots of, you run through lots and lots of farmland and through quite a few conservation parks and, <clears throat> and everything was just lush and green. And um, so we, and it is just, and I really did spend a lot of time really paying attention to the course around me, even though I've seen it a lot and I know I'm very familiar with the, the course. I, I always try and make a point of being aware of the beauty and of what I'm doing um, rather than just focusing in on myself too much um, and being, because I find when I focus in too much on my, on my, what's going on in my head, I end up falling into a, uh, a hole, uh, um, a negativity hole. Um, so yeah, first, um, I wanted to start out slowly and first 500 meters, I started out nice and slow. And then we, one of the things we do in this race, you have to climb a lot of fences like farm barbed wire fences and stuff. And so on the Heisen trail, they have these, um, styles set up, which are like just little steps that go over the fence. And throughout the hundred Ks, there's probably, ah, oh, dozens. There's so many of them. You get so sick of them by the end and it just gets so hard to climb over the fences and it, 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 it slows you right down. And, um, <clears throat> The very and so, so are, they, are they there permanently, or is this yes. added by the race? No, they're there permanently. So the Heisen, okay, the Heisen Trail is a long distance trail that goes from the very bottom of the Flurio Peninsula, which is um, down. Yeah, it goes twelve hundred k's, doesn't it? Yeah, in goes yeah. goes from Cape Jervis uh, uh, across the bottom of the Flurio up sort of near Victor Harbour, which is near where we start at Waipinga. And, um, yeah. and then it goes up through the Adelaide Hills generally and then across right past Mount Lofty and um, right up into like sort of not far from the Clare Valley and and then you end up, it finishes in the Flint, north and the Flinders Ranges, like up in the yeah. desert. And so um, obviously we just covered the bit down on the, the south of Adelaide and um, so basically going from Waipinga to Kaipo Forest. For those who are not from here, that doesn't really make any sense, but locals know all about it. And um, first thing I will say is, if you're not from here, this is like becoming a really good 100K race. Like I've seen it grow over the time that I've been doing it. And uh, Ben Hawkins is the race director and he, who's sort of 
the founder of Ultra Runners SA, and he's also a very good friend of mine. He has just he puts his heart and soul into these races, and he he goes he he was so he was crook as a dog on the day. He could barely speak because he had, and his wife is 38 weeks pregnant, and he was there at you know, and he just from from sun well before sunrise, and to well to the very last runner came in. You know, like he just. You know, they, these race directors work hard. And then also the, the rest of the, the team, like uh, Ben Pyman, <clears throat> pardon me, and, and uh, Michelle Hanlon, and probably a bunch of names I'm going to forget, plus all the A-Station volunteers, they all, everyone just works really hard at this race. And this year was the best year. So anyway, I took off really fast. I'm running along. I get to the first um, style to step over the thing. So and, h- hang on, hang on. Yep. So you've completely broken your own rule already. Oh, so yes. taking off fast. Sorry, I, no, I didn't take off fast. I'm jumping ahead because my brain doesn't work yet, Ash. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm still recovering. I, I, I think I may have got, got some brain damage. Um, no, so I didn't take off fast. The first K, I felt very comfortable. First sort of 500 metres or so, I felt very comfortable. But there was a big pack of guys blocking the track in front. And then we, right, came, okay. we came to the first style. And climbing yep, and over then all, it, And then you're waiting. You're, you're standing there. And then I thought, there's going to be so much of this waiting. And so what I did, I thought, I'm just going to get myself some space. And I, so I jumped, when I climbed over a stile, I just accelerated. And I broke away. Yep. And um, I, I just, I wanted to put a bit of space between me and the group. Because I just got sick so of... This, this is where local knowledge comes into its own. Yeah. And um, so I, I, and when I say I pushed hard, I, I, I felt great which was a good feeling, you know, like I didn't feel like I was running threshold or anything. I was still conversational, but yes, I was yep. running about five minute Ks in that first couple of yep. kilometers and, um, and running, you're running through paddocks already and through long grass. And, um, and the leader at that point I was in second place. So Andrew Hoff, who's a phenomenal runner who I interviewed on the um, podcast a while back, he, he was already, after a kilometre, he was already a couple of hundred metres in front. And so, um, and then he disappeared and went on to, to break the course record. Um, broke, broke Brendan Davies' course record. And uh, I think he got nine hours and 43 minutes. So, which is phenomenal. And he's, um, and I would dare say that Andrew's not even in the best shape of his life yet. <laughs> and so he's um, just a good runner. But anyway, so I'm running... And probably about the first 10 kilometres, there's no major, there's a fair climb at about um, kilometre six to seven, where you go up this long road, where you're, um, it's a dirt road, and you just, it's it's just a grinding uphill climb. And there was me and this other, um, this young bloke, we're running together, second and third for all of that, and just, we're just chatting, but we, um, we're just sort of holding a reasonable pace. And then, um... We came down through the forest into Inman Valley, which is checkpoint one, at about, oh, that would be at about kilometre 16. And I, with a very quick turnaround, I got, I filled up my, my, got my bladder filled up, grabbed some food, said thank you to the volunteers, and then we were um, off again. And so from, from checkpoint one to the next, to checkpoint two is your, um, where it starts to get a little bit tough, you know. So you've, there's only five checkpoints in the whole race, and so you've really got to be self-sufficient. And I was feeling really good at this point. I was just like, 
Yep, loving it. Conditions are good. Legs feel good. Everything felt good. Um, so I kept running a bit well. And then there's a, a fair grind as you're going up another hill. And you work your way on these road hills until you come to the first technical section, which is not until about kilometre 24, 23, 24. Um, uh, maybe, yeah, 24. And you head into um, Maiponga Conservation Park, which is... Go, so you're going from running on these dirt roads, it's very runnable, even though there's some climbing, um, to the, some of the most technical terrain you can get. And it's a, this is the part that breaks people really early. And this is actually where I had my first low point. So you're going to my ponga, the, the track... Okay, so just, just yep. pause there for a second. Yep. What, what makes that section technical? Is it rocky? Is it steep? Does it twist and turn? Everything. What, what what sort of technical is it? So the, the trail is very narrow uh, in terms of like you've got those um, grass trees. They used to call them black boys or whatever. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're everywhere, and so you, you've got you've right, got to okay. sort of hold your arms out in front of you. Um, very rocky trail, and yet cha yep. changing direction constantly, um, and then and then lots of ups and downs. Like so, you one minute. You'll okay, be, so you can never get a consistent gait. Not even close. And if you look on yep. my on my Strava, I went from running five and a half minute Ks to nine minute Ks to eleven minute right. Ks, and um, uh, and so I um, was really it was hard to and I but that was at the point where I was like, okay, you need to put it, you need to slow down here, Ferrugia. You're pushing a little bit too hard too early, and there's a couple of real steep lung busting climbs there. They're only so you're going up like a 40% gradient, but it's only for probably 20 or 30 metres, but there's lots of little climbs like that. So, you, and then um, it's almost hands and knees kind of stuff, you know, like, um, and then, and, and it's very easy to get lost in that section. And I know for a fact that a lot of people did get lost, um, taking, because there's just trails going off in every conceivable direction into the scrub. And um, it's, it's beautiful, but I don't know. It, it can. It's a little bit demoralising, and that section goes on for maybe four, five kilometres. Like it, so, it does seem to, to go on. Then you're going through paddocks, and then you go into more road, um, and then so about kilometre thirty, you hit the road, or thirty-one, and then it's about five k's to the next aid station. So ch a checkpoint two, and that's where my first drop bag was. So I got there feeling not fantastic but not terrible, like I was all right. Um, and I remember coming through there in about three and a half hours, which was, I was happy with the time that I was there, even though I'd, so I um, had slowed up a little bit, but I was still passing, because oh, there, there was a group of people that started at six o'clock, so the, the, the slower wave started at 6 a.m. and the faster wave started at 7 a.m. And so I, at that point, I'd caught a few of the six o'clock wave um, people and always saying hello along the way through. Um, I saw at oh, a shout out to um, Dion, who is one of the ladies I used to coach, who completed Heisen 105 last year, um, and she is an absolute legend. And I coached her through that last year, and she gave me a big hug at checkpoint two, which is really just you know that kind of it just really lifted my spirits. Um, yeah. So yeah, so checkpoint two, grabbed my bag, uh, my drop bag, and. Um, stuffed in lots of food because the next section from checkpoint two to three is um 
what I call the death zone. So it's basically, <clears throat> it's the hardest section for multiple reasons. It's 22 kilometers between aid stations. It's got more really technical climbing um, and it's the most exposed section of the course as well. So um, we went through that and I thought, okay, if I can get through this next 22 kilometers in about three hours, I'll be happy. So, um, so anyway, going through, going into what is called, uh, just after the aid station, you go into Yulti Conservation Park, which I always say is like deja vu. It, it feels, the trails feel exactly like the previous conservation park, really rocky and twisty and up and down and just like impossible to get a rhythm going. And so that goes from about kilometre uh, 30, 37, or 30, maybe maybe 36 to, oh, it goes for three or four kilometers. I pulled out some pretty slow kilometers through there, but it, I, I used, I was feeling a bit negative in that point, and I thought, this is where I need to just back off a little, take the pressure off myself, and just acknowledge that it's gonna be slow no matter what I do. And so I slowed down, ate, and I thought, when I get out on the runnable sections, I'm gonna run. and. And that's what I did. And by the time you get out to about uh, kilometre 40, you um, so you can sort of run a bit more. You're running through these paddocks, though, where the grass is so long. Like, I'm talking up around my, past my waist. You're running through these farms. Oh, yuck. Uh, and it's, it really, legs get really itchy. You can't see, yeah. you can't see the ground. And so you're running, and you don't know whether you're stepping in a hole or, and it's like, because it's where the cows have been, it's really uneven. So that's technical in a different way, you know, like, um, and so, but I managed to get through there without twisting my ankle too badly. Um, and I got to about kilometre 45 and I'm coming up on this road and I saw lots of cars coming around You're on this country road. And then I remembered that the race has changed this year and they now have a 60 kilometre and 37. And I was coming up on the very start of the 60 kilometre race literally ah. as they were about to start and so perfect i i came in at the back and I, I was about 50 meters from the start line and i heard a three two one and then they all started running and so for the next few k's i had people to run with which was fantastic you know <laughs> it really it was a, a real lift and I, I think it made the race so much better having it having it finished that way um and you run across the uh, hindmarsh tiers which is sort of you're just exposed and the road, it's kind of endless um, paddocks. And I, I'd say this is, yeah, like I say, it's the death zone. On the hot days, it's really hard to get through this section. Um, and then I was starting to, I was feeling all right. And then I thought, oh, I'll smash some gels. And I've been, I've been drinking my infinite fairly, like being a good boy, making sure I was staying on top of my nutrition and my hydration. And um, I had... Um, and then about, you get to about kilometre 53 and you're at the top of this road called Woodcone Road and it's, um, it's a four kilometre downhill on, on bitumen and dirt road um, all the way down to the aid station. So it's a real relief. You get there and it's not too steep that it hurts, but steep enough that you can get a nice roll on. And I, I think, um, what did I do? I, I was um, managed to get onto a decent pace through there. I, back... Um, so my sort of my goal was every time I was on a runnable section was to try and get into the low six minutes per kilometer. 
and um, and on the, so on that section, I got down under six minute Ks and just felt started to feel good again. Came into the A station feeling great, thinking I've only got a marathon to go now, and I got there in six out six and a half hours. So basically, that that's 22k section took me three hours, like challenging section. You know, you know you're you know you're an ultra runner when you say I've only got a marathon to go now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh look, don't worry. Part of me was like, oh, I've got a marathon to go. That sucks. But then I was like, no, don't let that no, thought. It's only, it's only a marathon. Yeah, it's only a marathon. And, um, but yeah, and at that point, you know, you're starting to cross paths with more people and it was, um, and then, uh, so I grabbed another drop bag with some more food in it and the next, there's about 18 kilometers to the checkpoint four and at checkpoint four, I had a, my buddy runner was coming on to join me for the last sort of 27 odd Ks. Um, that was Aaron Colbatch and Aaron, oh, it was great. So I sort of pushed through check to checkpoint four, um, and you go through this section, it's my favorite part of the whole race, even though about kilometer 70 or the high 60s, you're going up through, um, <clears throat> what's it called? Uh, Mount Magnificent uh, and into the Finnis Conservation Park. And it's just uh, so pretty through there. Like you, it's farmland and there's these beautiful farmhouses nestled in amongst these like in really spectacular rolling green hills. It, it is, and they're kind of rocky but they're, they're also really green. It's just lovely. And I, I really focused on observing that, but also I focused on, um, again, anytime I could run, I would run. I'd hit the hills. If it was a, a hill, I would be, if I was walking, I was power hiking. Like I was really, I just wanted to keep my time, keep my legs moving. Um, and so I was at managing to power hike at under 10 minutes per kilometer, which I was happy with. So not nice work. Yeah, pretty quick. There were people quicker than me at that, but you know. And at this point, I'd fallen back a few places, but I sort of was focusing more on what I was doing and not worrying too much about the race itself, and um, um, just worrying about my own race. And then, uh, so I get to checkpoint four, which was glorious. And I, for the first time, I thought I'm going to have a little sit down at checkpoint four for a few minutes, and that's. That was my little reward for being very efficient through the previous aid stations. Um, so at this point, you're at 77 kilometers, you know, so you've really sort of broken its back. And um, I saw my buddy, Aaron, and it was re it just, you know, reinvigorated me. And um, it was funny, though, my brain was getting a bit muddled, as it is kind of now. And I, I went to take something out of my back, my pack. It was the first time I'd taken my pack off as well. I took my pack off briefly. I took something out and I just, somehow everything fell out of my pack. And like, I just had my shit everywhere. And I was like, I don't know how to put this back in. And it, like, I remember people were laughing at me and just a really good atmosphere there and everyone just friendly. And I um, got it all back in. Probably spent longer there at the aid station than I really wanted to. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> and um, it just some you know it was not that was not part of the plan, but then with Erin, she just kept me honest and kept me running when I could run, and uh, made sure I, I kept sipping fluids and and eating a bit and like it was a, turned into a beautiful afternoon, um, and coming into the last sort of, you come into Kaipo Forest from the last sort of twenty five k's and it's a pine plantation. And so, oh, yeah. yeah, so pine trees everywhere. You've got a nice sort of feel. 
and um, you want going between farmland and pine plantations and uh, like really I didn't have any like spectacularly low moments I just I feel like um, I, I mean I was at low lowish points but I just was able to manage those low points better than I have in the past so I'm really happy about that and so my goal was always I, initially my main goal I wanted to get under 12 hours but I knew that was off the off the um, record like 12 hours is a pretty lofty goal one day one day one day <clears throat> but my next goal was to beat the sun and so I thought I can still do that so I had to do about under 13 hours to do that and um, I um, came into uh, there's only nine kilometers between checkpoint four and five and I, I remember coming and so it's really nice short break I grabbed a um, sat down had a ginger beer at checkpoint five didn't try not to sit there too long stuffed in some noodles took them on the go and um, I ate some of them and then um, had to ditch the rest because it was just getting a bit too hard to eat and um, I I remember I had um, oh what happened next yeah and then the last sort of 10 kilometers you know started to feel a bit nauseous and then um, you know, but kept positive. Aaron made me laugh, and I was, you know, trying to high five as many volunteers and spectators that I saw along the anyway. And then coming into the forest, I I know the course really well. The final, and I actually from the previous year I had a, a landmark point where I knew where was one kilometer to go, but somehow this year I I went past that last kilometer to go mark and didn't notice. And then I came around. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Shit, the finish line was right in front of me. It was like just straight up, like 200 meters. And so, some like always, and I always, I was like somewhere I was able to leg it for the last couple of hundred meters. And I, I managed to finish without using my head torch and not needing it. Probably if I was out for another 10 or 15 minutes, I would have had to get my head torch out, but I didn't need my head torch. Crossed the line in 12 hours and 48 minutes, and I was stoked. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's good when you have those, um, you know, the goals that you're kind of making up on the fly. Mm. And, um, you know, they're very, like, there's a very definite end time. It's dark. I'm going to have to put a headlamp on. Yeah. You know, like you're aiming, or, or I'm going to get out of this aid station in X amount of time, um, but still completing everything I need to do. Like, that just, I love that sort of on the go yeah. goal making. Yeah. Um, you know, you've, you've got your big goals that you've written beforehand, but those ones kind of come up to just kick you in the butt. You know, you're kicking yourself in the butt and going, let's, let's keep going, let's keep going. Yeah. So your big goal's working, and then you're making up little goals to make it all come together. Yeah, exactly. No, it, uh, it was good. It was such a good day. Like, um, as always, you know, it's like an emotional roller coaster, like with these, th these things always are. But, and I think when you... The, the more experience you get, you get better at riding that roller coaster and managing the roller coaster, if that makes sense. You know, you don't, yep. yeah. You, I just felt like it was, um, I, I mean, I remember the first, it was just familiar feelings. It's like, oh yes, I know this feeling. I've been this low before. I can get out of it. And then, you know, I might eat a potato and that will make me feel a bit better. And it does, it, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. Um, but no, it's good. And, you know, like I say, uh, and some phenomenal performances. Um, one of the ladies I coach, Jennifer Rotosa, 
she is like 50 years old and she finished um I, I think I trained her a little bit too well I coached her a bit too well because she was only like 14 minutes behind me or something and um so thankfully uh, I mean not that it wouldn't be terrible if she beat me but you know I'm competitive <laughs> you know she uh no she did really well and she was wrapped and uh the first oh, sorry i forget the name of the first woman her name was ali someone i've never met her before she probably had me on like half an hour um but um there's a lady named sonia jansen who i'd love to try and get on the podcast if she's listening <laughs> um and she um she only had a baby six weeks ago she's phenomenal you know like and she still did it in just on 13 hours, you know, like, it's just a, an incredible performance, you know. So lots of incredible... That, that, that just blows my mind. It really does. Mm. I'd love, yeah, having a chat with her would be awesome. I'd love to know, like, how far into her pregnancy she continued to run, even if, or, or she even stopped running for that matter, um, to be able to, to pull it all back together with six weeks and then, yeah. then win. Yeah. Oh, second, but still, it's, yeah. It's oh, good. second, yeah. yeah, yeah. Even so, second, holy dooly. Oh, like that's just yeah, no, crazy. Really good, but yeah. So that's my that was my that's my recap of um of Heisen one hundred five and um lots of fantastic stories out there and so many inspiring people. You know, like like always with these events. And I mean, I tell you what, the finish line party is pretty awesome. It's like you're in the forest, um, pine forest slash eucalyptus forest nearby as well. Um, you've got, um, you come up this sort of avenue of trees to the finish line and there's there are these big raging bonfires going. You've got music pumping, just a really good vibe at the finish line. And um, I, I just, um, yeah, it's got, and the finish line, and there's like lounges set up everywhere. It's like, if I wasn't so exhausted, I would have been able to participate a lot more. I mean, I collapsed on the lounge for a bit and then I went and slept in my car. But um, it was, uh, yeah, it's worth it just for the, for the finish line party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So there, that's it. Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, well done. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, that's another one down. Uh, and now I've just got to recover. And so, yeah. yeah, today. What's next for you? What is next for you? Oh, I don't know yet. I'll um, I'll, I'll have to, I'll maybe next week I'll hint at it. I've got a few little things possibly on the burner, but uh, I don't want to say anything um, on the record just yet. But yeah, yep. poss possibly something in January. Um, so right, yeah. okay, yeah. But um, so this week's episode is a conversation we recorded with Lauren Shea. Is that correct? Yeah. Lauren Shea, yes. Yeah, and so she's a, a good runner. And she, where does she live again? She lives out. She's a good runner. She's phenomenal. Yeah, she's a phenomenal runner. And <laughs> she's, she's like crazy. Yeah, no, very, and again, humble and, and friendly. And she likes my band. So the Leather Pleasure Toys. So for those of you that are familiar with the episode that was about me, um, you'll know all about that. She listened and she's a fan. And so what can I say? I'm popular. <laughs> <laughs> no it's um yeah no great great chat and so i suppose we'll just jump into this before we are uh, into that chat before we i prattle on any longer but yeah so awesome yeah man we'll um we'll, we'll, we'll touch base again in the next episode
Excellent. Okay. All right, let's get into it. Cheers. Hey, trail runners. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience. I'm your host, Daniel Ferrugia, and today I'm joined once again by my very capable and smart co-host, Ashley Drew. How's it going, Ashley? It's going well. G'day, everybody. That's, that's fantastic. And we're also – we, how have you been, Ashley? You okay? You good? Uh. Right now, I am good. I've got enough medication in me right now to um, to kill a small elephant, so I feel good. Excellent. And um, would you like to do the honours and introduce our fantastic guest that we've got on the line right now, waiting patiently? Absolutely. So Lauren Shea is joining us today. Now, Lauren, I met Lauren this year on the Brisbane Valley Rail Trail, the first time that we met. And um, from my point of view, Lauren's a bit of a machine when it comes to running. Uh, I don't know that she knows how to do anything else because it would appear that that's what she does all day long. But uh, we'll get that confirmed or denied uh, as we go through the next hour, I guess. <laughs> Welcome, Lauren. Welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Fantastic. And so, you're, Lauren, you're joining us from Brisbane, is that correct? Yeah, um, I actually live in Boona, which is in the scenic rim, so a little bit outside of Brisbane, in the sticks. <laughs> the sticks, excellent. So she's yeah. about, a, about an, oh, it'd be an hour and ten from Brisbane, wouldn't it? Yeah, a bit over, yeah, about that, a little bit more, give or take, depending on the traffic, depending how many cows yeah. are on the road. <laughs> we'll, keep, we'll keep them off the road and the life will be good. It's more like the roofs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Travel early, feel late. <laughs> So I used to drive down to Boona quite often because um, there is some beautiful rock climbing just outside of Boona, and I used to spend a lot of time. Mount Barney. Yeah, Mount Barney, but um, a bit closer than that, which is uh, Frog Buttress. So. Um, yeah, Mount French. Yeah, absolutely beautiful, and Mount French out of actually has two lichens that are only found on that rock face in the whole world. So a little bit of a little bit of trivia there. There you go. For the, yeah. That area? <laughs> it's a, a, a now, <laughs> uh, So you came second on the weekend in a 109k race named after the area you live in. I did. I did. Yes. It was um, the inaugural Scenic Rim Ultra, and there were two um, courses. There was the shorter course, which was not really short at all. It was 69Ks and then there was the 109.7K one and that's the one I did. Yep. 109. Wow. Yeah. What was the course like? Did you want to, was it tricky? Uh, <sighs> yes, it was It was brutal. Brutal? <laughs> and um, I, I was fortunate that I, I lived nearby so a lot of it I had run on before but a lot of it was also on private land and um, so I hadn't seen quite a bit of the course but um i mean it was beautiful it, I, I love it around here the scenery is stunning um it's quite dry at the moment so it is a bit stark and brown but um it's, it's mountainous and there's the dam but yeah it was it was tough it was very hot too everyone suffered in the heat myself included and i run in the middle of the day um most days and yeah it, it wasn't easy it was, <laughs> it was really hard and <laughs> yep but that's why we do it hey? exactly <laughs> We do it to yeah. suffer. We do it to suffer. Well, yeah. yep, yep. And the worst, the worst the conditions, the better the suffering. 
Yeah, bit of a satisfaction was, at the end. It was very unseasonally hot. Having said that, for the for the number of races that um, I've been to or, or watched online this year in southeast Queensland, it would appear that it's either been unseasonally hot or unseasonally cold during the actual yeah. races. It's just the way the year turned out. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it makes you respect Mother Nature, that's for sure. It's funny with the when you're racing, the weather plays such a huge role, and it's the one thing that's out of your control. Um, yeah. So how do you cope with um, uh, unfavourable conditions? Like what's your – got a, mind, a certain mindset that you take into it or do you just try and train in all conditions? Well, I um, I train a lot in the, the heat because it is – it gets very cold here in the scenic room during winter and it's actually quite cold still here at night and in the morning. But during the day it can get – very warm, especially in summer. I can only run after I drop my daughter off at school. Um, I have my own business and work from home. So normally I get up super early, do some work, drop daughter off at school, then go for my run after nine. And so it's really hot. Um, but even so, the weekend was just so hot. Um, but I guess I just know to, to really take it easy. I just dialed it back. Um, I kind of knew what I was in for heat-wise. It's not to say I didn't feel it. I, I did. I think I drank 17 litres plus of water um, throughout the day. But, oh, wow. Um, just to, yeah, but that's not an exaggeration. Um, wow. Yeah. I just took it as slow and I just knew, I just, I guess I just knew what I was in for in terms of the the weather. Yeah. Um, I saw a lot of people um, really suffer. I felt terrible for them. It's, it was a, it was a hard day. <laughs> Yeah. But it was a great day still. The bodies were fantastic at the checkpoints. The organisers did such a great job. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, um, I think for, um, we've spoke, I've spoken to a few race, race directors on this um, podcast and I just sort of, I always, I, 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 would, I don't envy their position when the weather gets really hot um, and about, mm-hmm. and often, um, there was been some races here in Adelaide where the, the race had, had to be cancelled when when the temperature got. I think it was forecast to be over 35 degrees, and that was this particular yeah. race. That was the, the cutoff point when so we can't do it. And um, people mm-hmm. give it. And I'm really good friends with this particular race director, and he um, he cops a lot of grief when he has to cancel a race. You know, but, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I don't know. Like, um, have you? ever been in a race where the weather has been, I mean, obviously on the weekend, but maybe go into a bit more detail about that. You drank 17 litres of water, people suffered. Did, did it, was it indicative of, did it reflect your time? You finished second. So, like, did you still, I guess everyone's suffering equally. Look, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a long day. Um, uh, yeah, and the field wasn't huge, I have to say. A lot of people also DNF'd and there was the option to, um, at a certain point, you could decide if you wanted to continue doing the 109 or um, instead do the 69K option, um, and a few people chose that option. Um, I was determined to finish. I wanted my cowboy hat, <laughs> which is what you got if you finish the 109K. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I just um, I just plodded along, which is what I always do. Just just plod along, just take a checkpoint to checkpoint. Drank a whole lot. I did feel nauseous for most of the day. I felt quite ill. Uh, I didn't eat a whole lot, but I really kept up my fluids and electrolytes as well. Um, 
Yeah, to give the to give the listener an some idea, it was ten degrees above that's ten degrees Celsius above normal, so about twenty degrees Fahrenheit, or probably a little bit less, maybe seventeen or eighteen degrees Fahrenheit above the normal temperature for this time of year. So yeah, it so, was um, really warm. And no, that exposed. it's it's a very exposed area there. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So what sort of time did you do, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I can't remember exactly. It was a bit under 18 hours, I think. So we started at 6 and I finished just before midnight. So Fantastic. look, I was pretty happy with that. I really, because I, this was the first event, um, really wasn't sure what my time was going to be. Also, I did Surf Coast two weeks ago, so I was a bit, <laughs> yeah, tired. <laughs> and you're doing black oil uh, another week. Yeah, mainly. Yeah, and you're doing black yes. oil as well. Yep. Wow. <laughs> um, how do you? Yep. So how are you managing your recovery between these all these big races? <laughs> um. Well, <laughs> I don't like tapering. <laughs> I pretty much do everything everyone says you shouldn't do. I don't really taper much. I hate it. It's when I stop moving, my body just seems to fall to pieces. So I just, I keep moving. Yeah, I, you know, I don't, I didn't, like the day after the Skinnit Rim Ultra, I was going to go for a walk. I normally would. In the end, I didn't. But Monday I went for a run. Today I went for a run. Um, not huge. Like ten, yesterday was 10Ks, today 11Ks and quite slow. But um, I just like to, I, I just enjoy it. I have to keep moving and. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, I eat a lot just too. <laughs> what what's your version of quite slow? Um well, today it was about six minute pose. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Because I was gonna say, because you can move, so it's just yeah. Yeah, I'll run with you. you can move. <laughs> well I I can I can um endure, I guess. I'm not I wouldn't consider myself someone who is fast or speedy. But I seem to be able to um, pull along and, and keep going. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so now, just before Ash was telling me that you do like quite a lot of mileage, and um, you, yeah, you so you knock out quite a bit of mileage when your daughter's at school. And so, what what sort mm -hmm. of mileage are you doing of a week, like on average? Uh, uh, on average, I guess about 130. So usually between 100 and uh, 100 and 170 k's a week. Yeah. Yeah. So that is big mileage. And um, and obviously, so do you use like um, are you training for off pace your pace, or are you training your heart rate, or just your perceived effort? Do you just do things by feel a lot, or like? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, mainly feel. Yeah. I don't have a coach. Um, I have never had a coach. Um, I do things by feel, I guess. Um, I don't have a plan as such. I I know generally what I need to do, like, you know, a long run, need to take it easy, do a few um, interval sessions a week, but I don't ever have a set plan. This is what I'm doing each week. I just kind of – I can't really either because life is hectic. <laughs> I just yeah. have to fit it around my daughter and my work as best as I can. But um, generally, I'll do I do a lot of longer, well, what I call mid mid length runs. So often I'll do a 20k run in the morning, and then in the afternoon I'll do um, strength training and or um, a speed session on the treadmill at the gym because I can 
take my daughter with me. She play, has a bit of a muck around with the other kids and, um, yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> on the weekends, I usually do a longer run as well if I can. But even so, my long runs on the weekend, just time factor and not usually that long, probably 40K is most. That's um, long. That, I would call not that long. often even that long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and so like, let's go back in time. Take us back to where your running career sort of uh, took off. Where did or when you first got into running and running long distances like like you are now. So yeah. where did that come to start? Um, well, I, I'm 37 now, <laughs> but I started running. Um, I guess around. 24, I was 24, 23, something like that. And it was just to, I went to the gym, the instructor said he was doing a program for me, and he's like, how far can you run on the treadmill? I'm like, I don't run. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't run. And um, I just thought, well, why not? And so I just started streetlight to streetlight style, and it all went downhill from there, basically. <laughs> um, at first it was to lose weight, and then, um, yeah, I just... Loved it more and more. Did my first 5K, first 12K, then my first half marathon, which in, I was living in Darwin at the time. And I just, I'll never forget that feeling of finishing my first half marathon. It was just like, never in my dreams thought I'd be able to do that. Like someone like me to do a half marathon. Um, yeah, it was a wonderful feeling. And then you just keep pushing the envelope that bit further. You think, well, if I could do that, maybe I could try doing this. And that's just, that's just how it happened. And, I've had some time off here and there in the past. Like I've had, you know, been injured, and um, when I was pregnant and after I had my daughter, I had some time off. Um, Obviously, yeah. But yeah, just the past maybe four years, I've really, really got back into it. Yeah. And um, I hear you ran quite well at um, the recent Surf Coast Century. Is that correct? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, um, I got. Just under 12 hours. I think it was 11 hours 38 minutes. So I got my got a big mug, which was um, nice. I, Excellent. To be honest, wasn't sure if I'd be able to achieve that, but I I did, which was great because I did Surf Coast last year and um I got my little mug, but I had a horrendous time at Surf Coast last year. I didn't realise it at the time, but I actually had infected corneas, oh. and I ended up spending the oh. night in hospital. I had to go to emergency. Um, yes, it was the most <laughs> the most painful thing I've experienced besides childbirth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So to go back and get under 12 hours was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, hey? Um, how, did, how does yeah. someone get infected corneas? How, how, did, how does that happen? Uh, Is it a long story? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know how I got infected corneas. I knew something was wrong. I thought at first it was conjunctivitis. But then it became apparent it was worse than that. And I knew we didn't start, but then I thought, well, if I could just make it to checkpoint two, a DNF is better than a DNS. And then I got to checkpoint two, I'm like, oh, there's a few going. It was a, a long day. That is a huge blur in my mind. I don't remember it very well because I could barely see. <laughs> but one thing, and I was in a lot of pain, and apparently the weather was terrible, but that just didn't register with me at all because I had um, other things on my mind. But, um, Wow. Finished. <laughs> so yep. do you Just feel under like a race sixteen hours? <laughs> um, do you feel like a race like that where, you know, something is pretty catastrophically wrong and where you battle through, mm -hmm. do you feel like those races 
um, are worth forgetting or really holding close and remembering because you battled battled through. I think mm. everyone can relate to yeah. to going through something similar to that. What do you think? I think they're really important. It's not something I want to go through again, but I still appreciate the experience because I learned a lot about myself, I suppose. And, and when the going gets tough in other races, you think back to that and you think, oh, is it as bad as that? No. Uh, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's... yeah. It, te- it, te- it teaches you how deep you can go. That's right. When you think you've got nothing left, you've usually got something left. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's really good. And so um, now we interviewed someone who you know fairly well. Fairly recently we interviewed this bloke by the name of Carl Forsey. How, um, do, you, do you know Carl? <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> what, how, yes, Carl is my partner. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> waited, waited for a while to drop that one in, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. And um, so... Do you, do you discuss anything other than running? <laughs> we do. I mean, running is a, a big topic of conversation, but um, no, we do, believe it or not, do other things and have other interests. But, yeah, for sure, running is a passion for both of us, and we do talk about it a lot. Um, yeah, we see things a little bit differently sometimes. I'm a bit more, I think, laid back about things, whereas Carl can be very focused, um, which is fantastic. It's kind of – it's. Yeah, great how he can have a goal and just put it out there, whereas if I have a goal, I'm a bit more guarded about it. I'm not ready to put it out there, but he's just, he'll put it out there and um, he'll achieve it. Yeah, (laughs) he's a great runner. Yeah, 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 he's definitely a good runner, that's for sure. Both of you are. So um, (laughs) I want you to run through all of your races this year because just like I've raced not with you, but I've run with you. Um, yep. and we've run different events at the same main event. Um, and it would appear that I've taken weekends off and you've raced every weekend. That's how it seems to me. So um, and it seems like 100 Ks plus every weekend. So run us, run us through your year of racing. Well, not quite every weekend, but, yeah, I'm not a fan of taking time off. I just, <laughs> as I said, things, the wheels just fall off when I do that. Um, but I, I did Tarawera Myla, um, in February this year. Um, I did the, um, I did that with Carl and I did the Brisbane Valley Royal Trail Myla this year, which I did last year. And last year, um, I actually collapsed uh, a few hundred meters from the finish. Um, it, my body went into shock. Um, oh. but I've made it, I made it to the end with 20 minutes to spare. Um, so I've made it, I think, in 29 hours, 40 minutes, and this year I finished third, yeah, third female in oh, just over 21 hours. <laughs> wow. So I learned a lot from that from last year. Um, I was going to do Coastal High this year, but it got cancelled, so I did my own Boona High 50 around Boona the same day, um, Surf Coast Century and Scenic Rim Ultra and a, a couple of other smaller runs as well. I've done the Scenic Rim Trail Running Series most of that this year and um, yeah. <laughs> so you've done about a thousand k's of racing this year. Oh, I'm not good at maths, if you say so, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about, that's yeah. about what we've done. That's a lot. You're yeah. dating it up, and what? It's a lot of racing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like 
I go on Run Down Under. I'm a fan of that. I'm not a fan of Strava. I'm on Strava, but only to make it easier to get my runs onto Run Down Under. And I've, on the weekend, just clocked over 5,000 Ks for the year. Oh, wow. Nice. That's a lot more than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's about double of what yeah. I've done. Yeah. It's more than me, too. I've clocked yeah. up 4,400. Um, well, that's that's not far behind me actually. That's great. <laughs> no, like that's really popular. I haven't done anything in the last well, in the last six days. I think I've done ten k. Like just that's okay. Far, but um, <laughs> oh, you know, we'll uh, we'll fix that ready for Black Hole hopefully on Thursday. Yeah, how are you feeling about Black Hole? Well, at the moment, I, I had a chat with well. We had a family discussion about it yesterday or the day before, mm-hmm. and um, so we just went through cutoff times. And my wife said to me, five k's an hour, you can walk that for crying out loud." And so that put the uh, at the time I wasn't feeling very motivated. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes I think that my wife doesn't like my running, and then every so often she says something like that, like just pull your finger out and do the work. So um, yeah, so it was actually very good. It was motivational and. Um, although I didn't have a very good night last night, um, yeah. I, I did run yesterday and I'll probably run tonight um, yeah. with how I feel right now. So, I, look, it will be 23 hours instead of what I would have originally liked, but I think I'll get there. Right now, that's my thought that's anyway. Okay. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with 23 hours. It's still covering that distance and it's an amazing, amazing feat. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it should what, be fun. What should be fun. It'll be, I'm hoping it won't be this hot. Yeah, well, I'm hoping it doesn't pour with rain because a couple of years ago it rained all day and that was just that was not fun. I don't. I, I wish I liked running in the rain. I don't <laughs> at all. It destroys your feet, doesn't it? Over yeah. over a whole day, I, my feet cop it. Um, what is your hope for yeah, Blackhall same. for yourself? What do you hope to achieve in Blackhall this year? Oh, honestly, just to finish this year with the past few weeks, I just. Yeah, I don't have a time goal in mind. Um, yeah. yeah, just finish it and hopefully enjoy it. <laughs> That's good. Um, good goal. I could, you know, I, at Surf Coast, I, I normally don't get caught up in finishing times and stuff, but I, I guess I did a bit this year and I did push it. But I have to say, I didn't, then I didn't enjoy it because um, I was so focused on my time and my pace and looking at my watch. Um, I would rather be slower and enjoy it more. So, yeah, I'm hoping just to. Have a bit of fun, yeah. yeah. Catch up with people. Awesome. Finish in one piece. <laughs> and um, it's funny how I mean I'm guilty of this massively. I mean I'm a running coach, and also I mean as everyone who listens to the podcast knows, and we get so fixated on time, running for a, a certain time, a finished time. Yeah. And I and I had a client say to me once um, during a speed session, and. She quite often doesn't like to train with a watch on at all, and not even a, not yeah. even like your ten dollar digital watch. And she go, she said she mm-hmm. wishes that there was a watch that didn't measure your time, but measured your your enjoyment. Like so, you had a, yes. a special, yeah. you know, if only we had a way of measuring like other other metrics for our run. And so it'd be good, yeah. you know, you get to a point and your little watch says that you're enjoying yourself. You know, like do you need a watch for that? But because I do, I, I get so I do I get, I get fixated on on uh, hitting time goals for tra- certain training <laughs> sessions and and making sure or hitting heart rate goals and you know all that stuff and yeah. it's, 
Yeah. So I, I think that you, yeah. you would probably, you seem like the kind of person who would, would like to buy a watch that measures your enjoyment and not your time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not a huge gadget person, but I don't think I could run without a watch. I do like to see how far I've, I've gone. But, um, yeah, I definitely, I just enjoy the process. I just, I like running and the, the figures don't excite me so much, the statistics and all of that. I often forget my times. <laughs> I have to ask Carl all the time. Someone's going to ask me what my finishing time was. What, what was it? And he'll tell me. <laughs> um, do, you have yeah. a, do you have a favourite run, whether it be a race or a particular training run that you do, or is there, is there something that you enjoy the most? Um, so far, my favourite event, um, which no longer exists, sadly, was the um, Lovington Eco Challenge, and that was um, went over two days, and that left from O'Reilly's in Lovington National Park. And it was um, there were a couple of different course options, but the one I did um, for two years was the double marathon. So marathon one day, get up the next day, do it again. And um, that was that was a tough run, but it was such a friendly and grassroots event, and oh, I just had so much fun. Yeah, I thought that was still on. No, no, there's the Lamington Classic, which sounds similar, but it's different. That's actually been postponed this year because of. The fire threats that I, yeah. Yeah, Lamington Eco Challenge was run by Gonya Adventures. They still do other events, just not that one um, anymore. It's, it hasn't been run for the past couple of years. Yeah. Well, um, do you have yeah. do you have like a, a, a like a dream race that you would like to like to go and do? Um, I'm really hoping to do Lara Pinta next year. Um, I think I haven't done as well, the closest thing I've done to a stage race is that Lamington Eco Challenge, but the idea of a stage race really appeals to me, just to get up each day and, and you know, try and do something epic again. And I've never run anywhere like that before. It, it just looks fun. It's, yeah, I think that would be great. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard amazing things about um, Run Lara Pinta, and I know a few people who have um, yep. done it. And, yeah, it's... I hear it's quite pricey, but like those sorts of events are, have to be pricey to enter because it, I think logistically yes. there's a lot going on for the, the races. That's the race right, yeah. But um, we have a race that I, I like, South Australia's version of, of Run Lara Pinta. It's not a stage race, but we have um, the Hubert 100 down in the Flinders Ranges. Around, yeah. You, yep. And, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm there every year. And... Um, it's, it's a fantastic location. There's a 100K and a 100-mile option, and there's uh, a couple mm -hmm. of shorter options as well. It, it seems like something that you'd be into. And I know I, 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 I was – we were interviewing and some Americans the other day, and I got I think I'd convinced them to enter it, haven't I, uh, Ash? You know, they were – Yeah, I, I, think that, I think they will yeah. be out to do that race. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 It's a good one. It's very pretty. But, uh, yeah, it sounds great. Lara Pinta is beautiful That's, as well. Yeah. Yeah, Lara Pinta is awesome. Like, I ran parts of that course uh, last year and um, not running the actual race. I was just out there for part of my trip around Australia, which I was doing at the time. And yeah. um, the, the, those ranges out there, they're just absolutely spectacular. Um, yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no water, so you've got to make sure you carry enough of that. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, like, there's no way you can, like, even if you duck, like, a lot of the races up here, if you kind of run out of water, you can duck off to a creek, but um, there, there's nothing out there. It's, it's not just, there. 
Mm. No, but it is yes. the the views are just something else, especially uh, first thing in the morning or late at night. It's um yeah yeah absolutely awesome. Now I have a question. I need I need to know the best cow story. The reason I say this to our viewers, it's uh, every time that I see an Instagram post, yeah, you've got a picture of a cow. And it would, yeah. appear that, it would appear that you just run from cow paddock to cow paddock taking photographs yeah. of cows. So, there's cow a lot out here. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of cows out here. And I don't know if you've ever been chased by a cow, but it's bloody scary. And the cows out here are pretty freaky. Some are cute, but most of them are so creepy. Yeah. Is that anyway. how you get your speed yep. work in? Get, get, do, do your speed work by being chased by cows. <laughs> It's scary. And they run fast. <laughs> they do go fast, actually. They do. Very fast. Yeah. yeah. We do agree with that. When they when they get yeah. up and go, they go. Yeah. <laughs> but I do a lot of running on my own. Most of it's on my own. And I've got to entertain my little brain somehow. So I do take a lot of photos and put them on my Facebook page and make fun of myself. <laughs> That's a good way. You do you do a very you do a very good job of taking photos of cows. And putting yeah, the perfect putting the putting the perfect caption to it. That's the bit <laughs> yeah. I always like is is you look at the photo and you go, oh yeah, but then you read the caption and you you always end up giggling. So, <laughs> oh good. Uh, yes. It's uh, yep. Yeah, I can't make myself laugh anyway, otherwise I'll go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly know how to nail a jump shot as well. You've got a couple of good jump shots, I noticed. Um, <laughs> yeah. You love a jump shot. <laughs> um, yeah, I go the jump shot. If you didn't jump, did you actually run? That's the question. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I remember, I think one of the first, it's, it's sort of funny, the whole running, the race photography, like race photos are really interesting because with the advent, I don't know if you ever do park run or anything like that. And I, I don't do it as often no. as I would like to. <laughs> Not your thing, park run? <laughs> but, um, no, there's no park run here, but no, the 5Ks. No, I'd rather run 100Ks. 5Ks is too hard. <laughs> yeah, it's stressful. But um, it's a good community uh, environment, you know, it's fun. Yeah. But um, there's always photos of Parkrun. And I feel like since Parkrun photos are just, like, it's just every Saturday you get, like, an abundance of all my running friends are posting pictures of their Parkrun photos. And, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm all for, like, sharing your running and that. But I, I do think, you know, how many photos do we need to see of the same track doing the same thing? Like, and I don't want to criticise yeah. Parkrun. I appreciate what it does. But, you know, it's just funny how many we get. You get the same Parkrun photos every week, and it's just like my feed gets flooded with Parkrun photos. Yeah. Mm. It's, um, I don't know. No. <laughs> oh, I think you just got to try and have a bit of fun. And if that means to make a silly jump shot... Photos or, you know, whatever kind of photos. Well, why not? <laughs> Fair point. I like it. Um, so I uh, have another question about your training. So you spend a fair bit yeah. of time. So what I know about you, you spend, you run by feel. You don't really taper. But um, and you uh, somewhere along the line, you recover. I don't know how. So you've obviously got a bit of a... Um, uh, natural disposition or maybe it's just from years of running that you've built up a pretty decent base. But do you um, ever have any major troubles with injuries? No, I think I think just over the years I've managed to 
beat my body into submission. It just does what it's told. But um, I've been, I might not have been running ultras for, you know, 13 years or whatever, but I've been still running for a long time. And I think that counts for something. And I do strength training as well, which for me, everyone's different. A lot of runners don't do it and they seem to get by fine. But strength training really works for me um, and and helps me with my endurance. Um, Maybe I am a bit lucky in a way that I can recover quickly, but I I tend to think not. I don't think it's luck. I think it's just um, persistence and just the cumulative effect of many years of um, breathing. Yeah. I'm lucky I don't really get major injuries. I have had um, hip adductive um, tendonitis in the past. That was a number of years ago now, and I couldn't run for a good part of a year, and that was awful. Um, I do have shin splints. I pretty much always have them, but that's a pain I've managed to make peace with. I can handle it. (laughs) Um, That's about it. I mean, after a long run, like on the weekend, I do get sore the next day, obviously. Um, I don't walk, you know, the best, but um, I I do bounce back pretty quickly. But again, I I attribute that to, to making myself move again quickly. If I sit down, if I don't do anything for a few days, I feel terrible. Just, yeah, <laughs> I gotta keep moving. <laughs> um, that sounds um, like it's interesting advice. Yeah, you, like the sort of the active recovery approach, I think, is is good. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yes. yeah. Well, that's I'm I'm really glad that you don't have a major problem with injury. I, I think it's a uh, it's it's sort of testament, I think, to just you running by feel and not. Sometimes you've got yeah. to, you're probably better at listening to your body than a lot of other athletes, myself included. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, I've had a few. In- I don't get injured a lot. I'm a bit like you, but I have had a couple of injuries this year, which is a bit um, been a little bit yeah. frustrating. But you know, so um, yeah, fantastic. So another thing that I wanted to bring up with you is, sorry, Ash, I jumped in again. Um, That's all right. Uh, so just recently here in Adelaide, we had the um, the six day race. So the Adelaide six day yeah, yeah the only one in the country um and i um uh, i spent a fair bit of time down there because it's very close to my to where i live and um phenomenal like these guys so they run a 1.4 kilometer loop around this park which mm-hmm. goes past a nice little lake and um they do it for six days and it was just and it got quite warm we had they, the first couple of days was windy and cold and then it got quite hot and we had um yeah. I think the winning distance in the end was a local guy um, named Darren Darren Lenny who did 835 kilometres in six days. And <laughs> mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was mind blowing. Yeah. But I, I just and I, there were some amazing performances right across the board. Like um, Annabelle Hepworth, who I think is from Queensland, she came. She was second outright and. Um, she, is that Chris Ryan? Chris was there. She was the second lady. She behind. She did over seven. Yeah, okay. They both did over seven. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah, she is. I got to meet her. Um, so you're friends with her, or you uh, just know her through running? Yeah, I I know Chris. She's she, she's phenomenal. I've met her a few times at different running things, and we've kept in touch over Facebook. I I had the pleasure of seeing her finish the two hundred mile event at BBRT this year, and. Um, I ran with her last year for a little bit during the BBRT miler. Um, she was there when I <laughs> had my <laughs> moment at the end and, and helped yeah. me and her parents also were there. They were fantastic and Chris is just, yeah, she's the champion of champions. Yeah. Yeah. 
I saw her to Cheva. She just gets it done. Yeah. No, no, well, she was fantastic. And I, I, I guess the reason yeah. why I brought up the six day is because um, is it something that you could see yourself ever having a diet, Some, uh, something like that? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> at this point, no. But no. I've said no to things in the past and then done them. But at this point, the thought of running around a little track for that long, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no. How about you, Ash? Would I do it? <laughs> yeah. Um, the answer is I probably would, yeah. Um. <laughs> you so would, Ashley. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Right, look, I, I don't, I don't, um, if I could, to, to be healthy after six days in a row, that'd be interesting, that's for sure. Um, but yes, the truth is I, I would, I would have a bash at that. Yeah. Um, I think that yeah. would be, I, I think that would be a lot of mental anguish and therefore fun. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like a, um, all the runners, uh, I volunteer quite a bit. Sorry, I'll just finish off and you can go. Um, the, the run there's a real becomes a real sense of community because you see each other so often. They would, you know, I was down there for a couple of days, um, helping out, and just the, the camaraderie it's magnified because you're passing each other all the time. You know, like you don't get a chance to, yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's, um, I wouldn't do the six day, but it's intriguing. <laughs> yeah. Ash, <laughs> fire away. Um, okay, so Ben is not that big a town. In no. fact, I could, I think I could, I could run around it probably in half an hour to an hour. So no, I imagine you, yeah, <laughs> there you go. I imagine that you've run every single street in Boona itself. So do you have a, a no, like favourite courses? <laughs> really? No, I don't run in town. I go out of town. Yeah, I don't like running around the town streets. No, I like it when it's nice and quiet. So I do a lot of running on the outskirts of town and along the dirt roads and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and do you have a favourite course out there or do you just pick something different every day? Well, I am a creature of habit. I do have my few different routes that I do. But my favourite is um, there's the Boona to the Liberal Trail, um, which oh, hardly anyone seems to know about. Um, but it's a beautiful little trail, um, part of the Scenic Rim Ultra course um, went along there. Um, but it's just, it's nice. I never see anyone there. It's beautiful. It's undulating. You can see Mount French and the hills in the distance. It's um, most of it's shaded, which is unusual for around here. Um, so that would probably be my favourite. I can, if I start from home, um, you know, you can do about 30 k's, I suppose, um, along those trails from home. Um, yeah. Um, and then next next year you're going to do the 200 mile BBRT. <laughs> no, not BBRT. <laughs> uh, not BBRT. Oh, so you are going to do a 200 mile. Mm. Well, maybe. Yes, maybe. that's the plan. <laughs> that's the plan. Which okay, yeah. so we're going to go with which which one? There's a couple out now. Um, there's a couple out now. Well, yeah. There's, <laughs> Uh, well, I've registered Which for Delirious West. Delirious. <laughs> oh, WA. Very nice. Yes. Excellent. Sean beautiful, yes. beautiful trail. I'm terrified about. <laughs> well, I can tell. I saw. Uh, I, I ran maybe sixty or seventy k's on that trail last year, 
Um, and in that time, I think I saw three or four snakes, so quite a lot of snakes on that trail. But um, Yeah, I see a lot of snakes here, so, yeah, that doesn't bother yeah. me too much. Um, but, oh, look, the run, like, along the beaches and so on are just, yeah, that's divine country. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, just the whole of the logistics of what bothered me the most, getting there and oh, sorting all that out. But, yeah, we'll get there and, yeah, it'll be an experience, that's for sure. <laughs> it's nice. Have you? Sorry, Ash. Sorry, go, Daniel. No, you then. You go. Oh, just being able to, with the, uh, the logistics sides of these kinds of races, even like an, even like a 100K race, you know, you've got getting, you know, getting to a location and getting, making sure you've got all your, your drop bags and your your mandatory gear and all that. So yep. I can't even imagine it for a 200 mile race, especially because it's point to point as well, isn't it? So you are, yep. yeah, you, yeah. So that would be tra- a, a massive challenge. Yeah, it's yes, point to point, and that hasn't worked out. <laughs> and that that course covers like this. You go through the massive tree forests, and then you go like along the beach, and then you go. Um, inland and you go through waterways and you have to catch boats and um, like where one of the sleep stations is I stayed there for four days and mm-hmm. yeah like you're going to get when you get there I think it's 120 k's in so you'll be wrecked but um, the, 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 like the, the wildlife in that spot is just outstanding so what you'll get to see while you're out in the trail will just be yeah. mind blowing Really, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited and terrified. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the part of the country I haven't been, which is, you know, one of the reasons why I like trail running so much because you just get to see beautiful places you otherwise probably wouldn't. Um, and just looking forward to, well, looking forward to and dreading um, finding out what, what happens after that because the longest I've run is 167Ks just to see what happens after that point, like, yeah, I don't know. It's all unknown, so it'd be interesting to find out. <laughs> yeah, and that's just it. It's the journey inside as well as outside, isn't it? That's right, yep. Um, do you, that's <laughs> interesting. Do you find that during race, I mean, obviously you have to embrace that sort of darker place inside that we all kind of go to at some point, but, like, do you have, like, a strategy for dealing with the really negative places in a race, you know, when you're go real deeply into the dark parts. Yeah, that's a hard one because every race is different. Um, sometimes it, yeah, things aren't too bad. Like you enter your dark places and it's, it's not that bad. Some races are. <laughs> I'm thinking of the BBRT. That was probably the worst yeah. for me when I last year. Um, so I just think back to that. If I'm feeling really bad, I think back to that. I think this really is not that bad. Like things could get much worse, and that helps me yeah. um, keep moving. But but I also tell myself a lot. If I'm starting to feel crap and I just want it to end, um, I just tell myself, well, this this time is going to pass anyway. May as well spend it doing something kick-ass, something I can talk about later, yeah. and that helps me um keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good way to think about it. Um, yeah, so challenge, yeah, I, I guess I do similar things. One of the things I've always embraced in races is um, to, tr- to delay 
going inwards as long as possible, really like mm-hmm. to try and take in what my surroundings, and that's the beauty of trail running. Like, yes. You know, like focus on yeah. the nice scenery or like a big beautiful tree that you've seen or or the other runners, yeah. you know. Yeah. I guess inevitably you end up, you know, thinking going inside your own brain and then, but, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, I, I guess that all comes with experience, doesn't yeah. it? So the more you do it, the easier it gets. Yeah. That's right. And I, I also, I love music. So um, on most of my training runs, I'm, well, pretty, yeah, every single training run, I'm listening to something, music cool. or a podcast. Um, and during events, I try not to. I'll put it off until I do start feeling like I need something else to get me out of my <laughs> my brain. And music really helps me. And I'll sing along and I'll do my shredding air guitar. <laughs> and nice. that really helps me, um, yeah, during the hard parts of a run. Um, yeah, but I also think you just have to, I think it's worse if you try and push the negativity away, like just kind of embrace and then it will pass. Um, yeah. Allow yourself to feel, allow yourself to cry. Like I cried on the weekend. I was, <laughs> yeah, I had my low point. But then you, once you get that out of your system, you pick up again. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I find really, anyway. Yeah, it's a great attitude. Um, do you have anything to add to that, Ash? What do you do? When I cry? No, when you're in that dark, when you're in the dark place. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because um, what I was going to say there is, like when I go for a training run, I, I generally go for a training run to go in, um, yeah. unless unless I'm you know like out for a, a speed session or something, and then you know I, nothing happens, my brain's just blank. But um, like if I if I'm when I generally go for a run, that's the reason I like to go running is to go inwards. But when I'm racing, um, I spend you can spend too much time going inwards, and so that's when I like to chat to you know someone else that I'm racing with. And uh, like a hilly course is brilliant for that because on a hill, that apart from the elites, there ain't too many people who run them. So even though you're puffing up a hill, you can actually get you know a, a broken conversation going, and um, generally you'll pass like once you. 10 k's into a race, generally then sitting with all the people that you're probably going to spend most of the rest of the race with. And so you get to know people pretty well. Um, yeah. And so you can, you know, like they can pull you out and and you can pull them out. And um, I, I remember my strongest memory ever was a guy that I was passing and he was out of gels and uh, he didn't realise it. He asked if I could take a gel out. He got to the stage where he was so wrecked that the concept of taking his pack off and digging out a gel was too much. And um, I gave him one of my gels because he had actually run out, and there was no way that he – it was 15 case to the next checkpoint. And that – giving him my gel made me run faster than if I'd used the gel myself. Um, yeah, because you helped someone – yeah. yeah, and it and it it helped him. And after the race, he came and thanked me and said, "I would, you know, he would have never finished the race if it wasn't for that gel yeah, at that moment." That's awesome. Um, and yeah, that's probably my favourite memory of racing, you know, in all my running. So yeah, that's that's my thoughts of going in and out, and that's what's so beautiful about an ultra. An ultra is it's an entire life in one quick run, really. Yeah. Um, everything yeah. gets jammed in there. You end up crying, you end up hurting, you end up falling, 
you end up cheering, you, you sing, you don't sing. Like there's just everything in there, and, and that's that's why I love it. So, <laughs> um, yeah. what I was going to say about Lauren's music choice too is um, she likes rock and roll. I, I keep trying to convince her to listen to <laughs> to, to an alternative um, to rock and roll, but I haven't convinced her yet. Well, I do like lots of different kinds of music, but I think you like the techno stuff, which I'm not such a big fan of, I have to say. It's called it's called EDM. Okay, I don't even know what that stands for. Yeah, I love music. I do, I do like the when I'm running, I like the techno. I also do listen to a lot of rock and roll. I've got to say, but um, yeah. yeah, I do like the techno. I, I don't. Yeah. I do not like techno when you know, like going out or anything like that. I like it just mm-hmm. for running. Yeah. So. yeah. Interesting. Um, what do you, what podcasts are you listening to on your runs at the moment? Um, anything that running related or or not running related? Um, I, there are a couple of running related ones I listen to. I actually listened to yours today. Oh. The podcast on you, Daniel. Oh. <laughs> and I have to say, I was very impressed by your. Garage funk band, that song you played at the end of your episode. Ah. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> Classic. The, the leather pleasure toys, that's right. Going back to when I was at university. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. Of all the episodes, you listen to the one with me. I guess it's a good way to get to know me. It was, um, yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a different life. Oh. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So what other ones have you listened to? Um, I like the Humans of Ultra running, which Candace Burt does. Yeah. She organises like Tah- Tahoe 200 and Moab and that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and Moab's on this weekend. I, yeah. And um, Ultra Runner podcast. So they're both US-based ones, though. Um, but they're pretty much the only running ones. I, I like to listen to a bit of true crime and um, – yeah. Um, like docu series, um, yeah, a whole range really. I just there's so many enjoy it because I'm. Well, there's so much to choose from, and yeah. um, I know what you say, Ash, about you, you like to run to go inward, and and I do too. Actually, that's why I listen to my music helps me do that. But I also like to listen to podcasts because I don't get to watch much TV at home with a six-year-old. She reigns the TV here. Um, that's I was my. Say, you, you get to watch entertainment. ABC Twenty Three all the time. Uh, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no. All no. the time. Yeah. That's classic. Um. Yeah. I um. Yeah. I think there's no. Some people have got a real hard rule about never listening to music or podcasts when they run. But I, I sort of think do whatever you want. Like sometimes. I'd, some, yeah. I'll go through a whole period, like weeks and weeks, where I won't listen to anything, and then I'll go through periods where I have to listen to something every time I go running. It gets me gets me out yeah. the door. I even I have an approach sometimes, and it works as a good motivator. Um, if I'm out, if you're really struggling to to find the uh, energy to get out the door, I'll I'll find a really good audio book or a really good podcast, and I'll say I'm only allowed to listen to it when I run. Only, that's the only time, yeah. and so that way I go. Oh, I really want to listen to that podcast. I better go for a run, and then it gets me out the door. And then once I've started, it's yeah, like, that's oh, great. Yeah, getting started is the hardest part half the time, you know. So, um, but yeah, but I mean, it, it's yeah, it's we live in a good time, an enlightened time, having all these 
like so many entertainment choices when we're out running. And I, I think, but at yeah. the same time, it is good just to, to tune in on, on yourself. Like we've, we're sort of going in and out of our own mind here in this conversation. Like what, but I think whatever works is best, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It is nice to, to turn it off and listen to nature sometimes, but. I just love listening to music. I listen to it all the time. I listen to it when I walk to school to pick up my daughter. I listen to it when I'm working. I listen to it when I'm running. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so my next big question is, um, what what's on the horizon for the rest of this year? Not that there's much. There's only a few months left in the year. <laughs> so running-wise, you've got the race, this uh, the black all coming up. Yeah, so that's all so far this year. I don't have any other events no. um, booked in. And just black hole yeah, and just keep doing my thing around there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I've got to just organise a whole drop bag thing again. That's, <laughs> oh, that's so tired this evening, but oh well, it has to be done. <laughs> it does. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm seriously wondering about taking no drop bags this time. It'll be a first, but yeah. I'm seriously considering just whatever I carry from the start for 100Ks, that's it. Mm. You could easily do that. The checkpoints are so good there. I just like to uh, – quite often I don't use anything in my drop bags. I just like to have them there. I figure if if I don't need it, it's great, but at least it's there in case I do. I feel the cold as well, so I always have extra warm clothes in my drop bags. Um, I hate being cold. Um, I've really suffered in the cold before during events, and, yeah, I make sure I have extra warm clothes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit this, when you when you're tired, it's so hard to thermoregulate, and so you are. Um, yes. Yeah. And I'm I'm the same. I I feel like I'm the first person that's going to get hypothermia in a race. You know, like I mm-hmm. I'm aware of it. So yeah, it's good to be aware of it. Do you um, have a yeah. Do you have a favourite food that you like to have during a race or? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have a muesli bars. I have a lot of muesli bars. Um, I I don't do gels, um, or rarely will I have a gel, like I didn't at all on the weekend. Um, I didn't all during the BRT mile this year. Only will I have one if I need a little bit of caffeine. I'll have a caffeinated gel on me. But um, I have just food, just like muesli bars. I have wraps, like um, wraps with Vegemite and avocado or peanut nice. butter and jam. Um, I've started having those like fruit pouches that you can get in the supermarket. They're pretty good. It's easy to digest. Um, yeah, wow. Just whatever's going at the checkpoint. Chips are good. <laughs> and ginger beer. I love um, ginger beer. It's great if you're feeling a bit funny in the stomach. The um, and chocolate-coated ginger is really good. Just one of those is a really good pick-me-up. Um, so, yeah, probably all the food you shouldn't be eating I will have during an ultra. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. If it tastes good, it goes, that's, yeah, goes that's good. it. Just food. Yeah. <laughs> no, fantastic. Um. Well, we. I'm almost. We're almost out of time. I've got to. Um. I've got a few more appointments today, and but it's been an absolute pleasure to yeah. talk to you. And Ash, did you have any further um, questions before we wrap this one up? No, I think that's pretty well covered. Yeah. Run, um, run. I, I think. I think the gems out of today are run by feel. Run often, don't go too fast, and have fun. Yeah. And yes, have fun. And, and <laughs> listen, the main thing. Yeah. listen to whatever you feel like listening to. <laughs> yeah, but don't, yeah don't, that's right. There's, there's no rules in running. No. There, there really yeah, is. Just, I agree just go out there and enjoy it 
And, you know, if that means running 170 k's a week, like Lauren does, or um, less, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think just don't be afraid of a bit of trial and error and, and don't let other people's definitions of success or, or their ideas of what you should or shouldn't do define your ideas and goals. I think, you know, you know yourself better than anyone. You know, do what you feel works for you. And sometimes it might work, sometimes it won't. But you can only really know for sure if you try it. Someone can tell you, oh, this won't work, but you won't really understand it unless you try it. So, mm. yeah, just don't worry if you don't fit the mould, I think. <laughs> Fantastic advice to finish Excellent on. advice. Yeah. yeah. Well, Lauren, that's, been, that's a perfect spot to end the, uh, the podcast. So absolute, have have an awesome run at um, Blackhall, and I hopefully <laughs> Thank you. We, uh, we cross paths again soon. We'll, we'll definitely keep you a friend of the um, a friend of the podcast, and I'll, I'll um, I would send you out a CD of my band if I found one. I'll do the band. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think I have a few copies lying around. It's very dated and very shit, I have to say. It, oh, it, if you no, enjoyed, it, was it was a university <laughs> band, but, um, you know, a bit of fun. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you, Ash, at Blackall, too. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Same. All right. All the right. Thank you very much, guys. See you, Lauren. Oh, I'll be there, too. Party at the back. <laughs> Party at the back. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right. Thank you. All right. So that brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Trail Runners Experience. Um, if you in, are enjoying this podcast, I would very much appreciate it, as would Ashley, if you could go over to uh, iTunes or whatever platform you listen to this podcast on and leave a nice five-star review. That'd be really grateful and it really helps the podcast grow. So in the meantime, why don't you get out there, keep running, Keep smiling and have fun. See you next time on the Trail Runners Experience.